This is VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. You have just stepped into a crust-free zone with Dr. Pat Basile. What is crust? Well, crust is that stuff that stands between you and what you want out of life. Crust is what keeps you stuck. Crust is anything you think, feel, or believe that prevents you from living your deepest heart's desire. So get ready to do some serious crust busting with Dr. Pat Basile and break through those layers of crusty conditioning to reveal the unlimited possibilities available to you to live your life full out. Dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Good morning, everyone, and thank you so much for joining the show today. What a very special show we have today. And, you know, let me start out this way. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but there's a favorite quote of mine uh, by Emmett Fox, and I'd like to read it for a minute because we're going to talk about what this quote really means today. Because with us we have William Arnst, the producer, director, screenwriter, president of Captured Light, and brainchild, one of them at least, of the amazing film, What the Bleep Do We Know? Now here's a thought for you before we get started. Do not dwell on negative things, but replace them. Supplement them with the right constructive things. The law of mind is that you can get rid of one thought by substituting another. And that's from uh, Emmett Fox, the mental equivalent. We'll talk more about that. I'm so thrilled, thrilled to have uh, on the show today uh, uh, Will. He has done uh, an amazing thing, a gift that he's given each and every one of us by uh, bringing this film, What the Belief Do We Know? to each and every one of us, we have the opportunity to explore, to take the journey to this place where we get to learn how we can create our lives one thought at a time, one emotion at a time, and that that ability is available to each and every one of us. So let me not go on about this because I, I know that you're, you're eager to hear from Will. And uh, I thank you for joining the show today, Will. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. And by uh, the way, that looks like you got the film pretty well. That was a good description. I was, I was just going to let you roll for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm going to say that I, I saw the film, you know, uh, several times, and uh, we're going to talk about it. And I love uh, the idea that it's, uh, it, it's, it's going to be uh, out nationally to a lot of people, and we'll talk about that. Um, one of the questions that I ask every guest that I have on the show, it kind of goes like this. Uh, here you and I are. We're on the, on the verge of having this amazing conversation. And you, of course, living your dream. And, and, and basically we'll talk about the many dreams that you have lived. Uh, sometimes it seems like life is just just a big bowl of cherries, and we have no obstacles to overcome. And so my question is, what are some of the things, the challenges that you have had to face and move beyond to bring you to this very moment? Huh. <clears throat> Boy, that's a long one. <laughs> oh, geez. I mean, it, uh, I mean the, the, the quick answer is it's all the, it's the self. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all of our uh, uh, emotional addictions. It's all of our attachments. It's all of our limited points of view. It's all of the ideas that we got in our head when we were young that really don't quite fit in with reality, but we keep living them. I mean, it's the, you know, it's the journey. So, I mean, there's lots and lots of specific things that I've had to go through, and it's not like, it's not like the process is over. Um, now that the film's getting out there and we're getting national PR and, and whatnot, a whole new list of <clears throat> challenges and obstacles have come flying into the, the front. So it's, 
it's uh, it's it's basically you know that movie, The Never Ending Story. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much the uh, you know understanding the self or getting to know the self or understanding the self. It seems to be at least at this point the never ending journey. Not that I'm complaining, understand, mm-hmm. but it's just you know there's there's so many uh, so many things. I guess you know with respect to the film, the one the one thing that really seemed that I had to learn about and get over was this whole thing I had about being a control freak. Okay, and yeah. wanting wanting to control the process, wanting to control the creative process, wanting to control my uh, uh, collaborators, and it was really only when I finally got over that that moment of needing to control them and needing to be the person who came up with the great idea that the three of us formed this this uh, collective whatever that came up with what we did. And if that hadn't if that change hadn't have happened for me, the film wouldn't have been nearly what it was. And will those people are Betsy and Mark, right? Yep. Yeah, Betsy. If it's Betsy Chase, right? Betsy and Chassie. Chassie yep. and Mark Vicente. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's that's my definition. You know, that's my new uh, acronym: CFO, Control Freak uh, uh, Officer. <laughs> <laughs> not that I have any experience with that, of course. <laughs> of course not. Well, you know, let's let's have a let's talk a little bit about this because what you just said about overcoming challenges really talks to at least my interpretation of the essence of the film is it's not that we don't have challenges in our lives. What do we do? How do we react to them? Isn't that the question? Well, that and, is the question. Yeah, how do we, and how, how do yeah. we react to them, and and why do we react the way we do? And and don't you and point out in the film that we are at choice as to how we react. Well, that's really one of the very fundamental things. Um, I was listening to the little uh, warm-up blurb before we came on. It says something about unlimited uh, potentials and possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what, you know, when you said about the life being a bowl of cherries, in many respects it is a bowl of potential cherries out there, mm-hmm. and it's our choice that always determines which of the cherry we're going to eat. And so, you know, that, that whole thing about choice is so... Uh, fundamental to what to what we're saying in the film, and it's such a I mean it's such a big thing. I mean it's a sim- simple concept to say that you choo- you create your reality, you're choosing out of possibilities. But to actually live that moment to moment, whoo, that's uh, that's a big one to bite off. It is, and you know it, it's very very exciting when we actually say, you know what, let me try this out today. You know, let me say that I'm going to declare for myself this, this affirmation. Let's say it's like my, my buddy Heidi Bayer would say, I believe in myself and my unlimited potential. I wonder what would happen if we said that uh, ten times a day. Yeah, exactly. At the moments of crisis, for example. Mm-hmm. And that's what you talk about in the film. Uh, I want to introduce people to a little bit about how the film was developed, how you created it, what this is about. So maybe you could share with us. Um, how this all came about, and who are the players in the film? Well, the um, <clears throat> I got the idea a few years ago, four, four years ago or so, too, that there was a, my sense was that there was a vast amount of people out in our culture who were, who were looking for a different way to view the world. You know, people call this a new paradigm, a different way to, to look at things. And I had been exposed to, well, for years I was a graduate. I graduated in physics in college, and I was always interested in that and in the spiritual stuff, meditating and whatnot. And um, so, bringing the two together was always very, very interesting for me. And at one point, 
uh, eight years ago I started attend- attending Ramtha's school up in Washington, mm-hmm. where a lot of these type things are, are taught and discussed. And meanwhile, I'm reading all these books, and I just got this sense that there was this, I could actually feel millions and millions of people out in the world who were looking for something different, a different way to look at the world. And I just got inspired to do a film. It started off as a little documentary that on a good day would maybe get on PBS. Um, and as I got more and more into it and started writing versions of the script and whatnot, um, I, I just got more and more compelled that this was something that really society was waiting for, this information. Um, then I brought Mark on. We, we developed it further. And then uh, I got the bright idea that this should be a theatrical piece. This should be something that on Friday and Saturday night you go to a movie, you go to the movie theater, and <clears throat> you watch this film. And so it should be entertaining. It should be enlightening and all that kind of stuff. So about that time, everyone in the film business told us that we were crazy. That first off, you can't make a film with you know, spirituality and science, quantum physics, molecular mm-hmm. biology. You can't make that interesting and entertaining for a Saturday night crowd. Forget it. <laughs> and then they said, and then they said, and even if you could do it, guess what? You could be playing to a, um, a theater full of three people because there's mm-hmm. no market for this. We, we know. We're in the business. There's no mm-hmm. market for it. So... We all said, um, you know, thank you very much, yeah, uh-huh, well, whatever, we're going to do it anyhow. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> because we had the sense that there's, and just for, and by then we had brought um, uh, Betsy Chassie in to join us because we realized we needed help. And the three of us started working this, but we were convinced that there was just this vast uh, craving out there for this information. And we were convinced also that the people in Hollywood um, and the media just didn't, they didn't get it. They didn't realize there were this many people who were interested in it. And so, you know, we just, we locked our, we, we used the principles in the movie, in the making of the movie. And one of them was you create your reality. So we said, okay, off we go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, isn't it interesting? I mean, I loved, I, I love what you just said because, you know, to the hundreds and thousands of listeners that listen to, to this show today, one of the things that um, I think is worth mentioning again is the fact that when you hear that inner voice, that creative voice, that divine alignment with spirit, whatever you want to call it, but that which is telling you that, yes, this is the path to your dream, we're going to come up against naysayers, people in the outer world, that would convince us otherwise. And, you know, what you're talking about is you living the film in that moving beyond that which you heard and following your true, true you know, what you, you heard is the truth, that inner voice. Mm-hmm. That's what we did, and basically all three of us. Um, and it was tough going because it took us a long time to figure out, because the film, uh, you've seen it, but for the people who haven't, the film, it's one-third documentary where we have interviews with scientists and mystics. Um, One-third of it is a narrative with uh, Marley Matlin starring as our main character. And really it's her story that kind of pulls you through the whole thing because in the end you end up identifying with her and sort of her experience makes all of the uh, theoretical discussions practical. And then I would say one-third of the movie is animation and special effects and just beautiful visuals and some of them are actually very funny. Um, to make it sort of entertaining and compelling. So it's, it's, uh, it's a very odd combo plate. And part of the reason when we first got the thing done, theater owners didn't know what to do with it because they said, well, what is it? Is it a documentary? Well, kind of. Well, is it a dramatic? Well, yeah, sort of. You know, is it a, like a science fiction fantasy kind of thing? Well, yeah, kind of. 
So yeah. they still didn't know what to do with it. So. And isn't that the truth? When we, when we can't put a label on something, we don't know what to do with it. And we're going to talk more about that. We're going to take a short break right now. We're speaking with special, very special guest today, producer, director, screenwriter of the movie What the Bleep, William Arntz. Uh, we're talking about the movie. If you'd like to know more about this movie, I'm going to tell you. Here it is, www.whatthebleep.com. If you're listening to this show right now online, take a look at this site, www.whatthebleep.com. We'll be right back with more about the movie, more about the future direction, and more about how you can change your life right in this moment. We'll be right back. This is Mary Foley, author of Bodacious Woman, outrageously in charge of your life and loving it. So many women have decided to join me in living the bodacious way. You can too with my incredibly fun and free offer. I'd like to give you my four fabulous new mini posters. You can download your very own posters today by going to www.gobodacious.com forward slash mini posters. That's www.gobo. D-A-C-I-O-U-S dot com forward slash mini posters. Enjoy and have a bodacious day. My name is Karen Green and I am America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com Did you know that the second most cited reason why people don't forgive is that they don't know how? You and your organization can change this by supporting the National Forgiveness Tour. Sponsored in part by Dr. Pat Basile's Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life radio program. For more information on sponsorship, go to www.crustbusting.com or www.theforgivenesstour.com. My name is James Long. I am the host of Meet the Challenge. I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Get committed to the cause of Christ. Listen to Pastor Ralph Martino every Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. On the show, Pastor Ralph will discuss a wide variety of spiritual topics from temptation to same-sex marriages and feature community leaders, authors, and NFL athletes all devoted to the cause of Christ. Experience hope, health, and spiritual growth. Awaken the truth and find your passion. Join Pastor Ralph Martino for Committed to the Cause of Christ every Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time right here on voiceamerica.com. I'm Marty Caldwell. I am America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com Do you have questions concerning your personal finances but don't know where to turn? Then you need to listen to You, Your Money, and the Market, hosted by the Traders Coach Robin Dane every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Robin has great ideas on how to invest, save, and manage money and wants to share them with you. Have fun making and saving money with Robin Dane every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on VoiceAmerica.com. This is VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. Welcome back to Crossbusting Your Way to an Awesome Life with Dr. Pat. If you would like to participate in today's program, call in at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's join Dr. Pat for some serious crossbusting. Thank you for joining the show. We're here with producer, director, screenwriter, William Arnst, and we're here talking about the film, What the Bleep. This is going out nationally in September. We will have another show on this. Uh, you know, a very a friend of mine, Meg Wheatley, I, I love Meg, you know, the new science. 
and here's, here's something that she says, very interesting. In the history of human thought, a new way of understanding or a new frame for seeing the world often appears seemingly spontaneously in widely separated places or from several disciplines at once. And guess what? That's what we've got today in this movie, What the Bleep Do We Know? And we're having a conversation with Will about the movie, about how it is changing the lives of many people. And if you don't believe me, go to the website, www.whatthebleep.com, and take a look at a few of the testimonials. Thank you, Will, for joining the show today. Well, it's nice to be here. Well, you know, you and I were talking during the break about, you know, when you have an idea like this, when you have an idea that's new, something that perhaps people are not familiar with and they don't know where to put it, Mm -hmm. what happens with that is out of the unknown creeps in all of this other stuff. It's like we fill in the blanks, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, it's just... Yeah, and we've been, me and the other filmmakers have been puzzled by this because in some respects we're a little naive and we're just out to make our movie and, you know, the movie gets out there and all these, you get these emails, people love it, it's changed their lives. Then you get these other emails where they're, um, they're, people are quite vicious and attacking and we're, we're all sort of shaking our heads and sort of scratching ourselves wondering what's going on here. Hmm. They probably, they should go to the site and take a look at what happens to the snowflake, don't you think? <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. But, or go you know. see the see the movie maybe in a different way, uh, uh, because what we're talking about with this movie is you know how the many many ways we are programmed. I guess that's my language, but please help me with this: mm-hmm. how we get programmed and how we can actually choose to change our lives in that way. So, would you tell us a little bit about the movie um, and about the scientists that participated in this? Well, the scientists, um, really, the way that we got them, people always want to know, it's, it's from mostly <clears throat> from Mark and I. It was the books we had been reading over the past couple of years. And a lot of these were scientists, PhDs, <clears throat> um, who had done some very interesting research in the whole thing about how the mind affects matter. And uh, one of them, Bill Tiller, he was the head of his uh, materials department at Stanford University, um, very respected, and he sort of backed out of doing a lot of that um, just so he could focus on how the mind affects matter. And he's done these experiments where people focus on these little black boxes that just have a couple transistors in them, don't really do anything. And they're able to do stuff like change the pH of water, uh, alter the uh, reproduction rate of fruit flies, just by basically having four people focusing on this. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's done impeccable research on this. And, of course, the scientific community will not take his research seriously because they look at it and they go, oh, well, we know that can't happen, so it's just it's just flake ball stuff, and they blow it off. Um, whereas it's very it's impeccable research, and if science was really going to be scientific, at least the scientific establishment, they'd take a really hard look at this kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. you know they don't. I I had uh, I met uh, Edgar Mitchell. You know who he is? Mm-mm, no, tell well tell our listening audience. Okay, Edgar Mitchell. Um, he was the astronaut coming back from the moon who partway between the moon and here had this complete cosmic experience where his body dissolved and he realized that he was the entire universe, you know, one of these cosmic consciousness experiences. So he came back, you know, a good old flyboy, and now he's like, oh, my God, there's something else going on in the universe that, we didn't, that I didn't know about. He formed the Institute for Noetic Science, which does a lot of really cool research. Well, he told me the other day this great quote by Niels Bohr. I think it was Niels Bohr, one of the yeah. founders of quantum physics. He said, mm-hmm. um, 
don't try, don't waste your time trying to convert a skeptic. Skeptics are best converted one funeral at a time. <laughs> that isn't that the truth? You know, when, when you're putting I, 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 several of my uh, colleagues, you know, have talked to me about this interview, and what they've said is, you know, whenever you're putting something out there that's getting people to think. Isn't it, um, isn't it wonderful to move to that place of being grateful for the backlash? Because what's happening is that people are paying attention in a way perhaps that they have never done before. Is that your experience? And I use the term backlash because that's what was passed on to me. Yeah. Um, you know, really, it, the film, one of the reasons we have the, the funny title, What the Bleep Do We Know, and you can fill in bleep with your uh, favorite explicative. Love it. Is that... You know, as filmmakers, we didn't want to come off sounding like, you know, we're the know-it-alls, we're the great gurus, we're the this, the that. Uh, we sort of brought on experts to talk about it, but really we just want people to think about the stuff and discuss it. And if you think about it and you examine it and, you know, some people will see all this stuff and just go, Ugh, it's just new age science, uh, yeah, it's no good. But that at least often starts a discussion, a very interesting discussion. So, you know, a lot of what we're trying to do is to get the discussion going. Now, once you get the discussion going, some of the replies is, you know, is very much of a backlash. And some people react, you know, extremely negatively to it because they, they like, like one of the things we posit in the film is if you create your own reality, you're never a victim in the universe. That's right. You're never a victim. And some people love being able to put them. They love basically being able to point to someone and say, you're wrong and I'm right. Mm -hmm. And this bad thing happened to me and this whole judgment thing they get into. We're saying if you create your reality, a lot of that kind of goes away. Well, if people have their life built around being a victim, then they basically come back at you and <clears throat> they're not happy. Because you just victimized them. <laughs> they got degraded. Yeah, right. And, you know, if you give up that story, my gosh, isn't it your worst nightmare? What are you going to replace it with? If you don't really believe that you have uh, the power to replace it with the life that you desire, boy, doesn't that put you into a black hole? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I want to say about the film, you know, is that, uh, yeah, so we're getting some backlash on it, but let me just let the audience know that this is an award-winning film. Uh, it has been given the Sedona International Film Festival and Workshop Award. It has been given a Maui Film Festival, Festival Award, Houston World Fest International Independent Film Festival Award. I'm going to tell you folks, this is a short time that this film has been out. The Ashland Independent, the DC Independent, and it goes on and on. And so you are, uh, Will, getting the attention of a lot of people. So now my question is, why do you believe people are so attracted to this movie? Ah, good question. <clears throat> um, boy, why are people so attracted to it? Well, I would like to think, and I, and I guess I do think, that there's, um, you know, it's truth, it's reality. It's a, it's a way of looking at the world and taking the world on that's tr closer to the way it, it really is. So, you know, if you, in fact, we do create our reality... And basically the film says that. And, and one of the things we do, one of the things about having all the scientists there is if we were to say it all within term, spiritual terms, you know, people often get kind of turned off by that because they associate it with dogmatic religions and, and that sort of thing. But because we couch it in the terms of science, and in our society now science is generally accepted, 
is a way that it can take people can take this information in without feeling like they they are subscribing to a dogma or a system of beliefs or any of that kind of stuff. So it it's, it opens the door uh, for this information in a very uh, non-threatening, fairly neutral way. And I think that because of that, people are just going, "Oh my God, this is this makes so much sense." And and if you read our guest book. We get a lot of emails where people say, you know, partway through the film I just started to weep. This tears of joy started running down my face because I've always thought this way, and A, I thought I was crazy, and B, I thought I was alone, and no one else thought this way. And I look around, I'm in a theater with 300 people, and and, and we all love it, and this this just makes so much sense to us. So I think it's just something that it's, it's resonating. It's like you said before, um, you know, uh, a similar thought will appear in four different places all at once. Um, and so this it's not that, that we've originated the thought mm-hmm. or discovered something that wasn't out there. Mm-hmm. All we've done is clarified it and put it in a way that's accessible to people. You know what? For, it, it, I loved what you just said because what hit me was, brought me back to my personal experience seeing the film, what happened was it gave a sense of community. And what I remember about leaving the theater is you started to talk to people you didn't know. Yes. Didn't know these people. And all of a sudden you're looking at people next to you and in awe and having a conversation uh, about something that you've just experienced. And I want to say that. this is When you go to this film, this is an experience. Uh, and you may have to go a couple of times, uh, you know, because you're loving it. Um, and it gives you a lot to think about. Well, the thing you said about the community is something that we didn't really expect was going to happen to the degree in which it does. And, okay. But that happens over and over. People at the, in fact, when we were playing in Portland, they actually had to move the second show back 15 minutes because people wouldn't leave the uh, theater. The lights would come on, and basically everyone would just turn to the person next to them and start talking. And it was exactly like you said. People would say, people that we never knew suddenly were having interesting conversations with. You know, suddenly it was like, oh, my God, there's a sense of community and and uh, like there's a lot of these pretty much every time I do a Q&A after a, um, mm-hmm. a show someone comes up to me and says oh you must have heard of the avatar program right and, and I said no I haven't they said really this 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 is it and then they give me a book and I go home and I read it and it's like <laughs> wow this is it it's the same thing <laughs> and then the next sure enough the next show someone comes up to me and says well obviously one point thing we hear a lot, oh, obviously you people all have done Landmark Forum. That's like, right. Well, <laughs> Betsy did it 15 years ago, but Mark or I didn't. They go, really? This is... And so all these different groups are looking at it, you know, Unity Churches, um, yes. Science of Mind. They're all saying, well, this is just what we, you know, this is just what we teach. Yeah. And so it's having this cohesive force, which is really neat. You know, what you've done, and we're going to take a short break, but I want to, I want to end before we go into the break saying this. Yes, there are all, you know, all of the churches, the New Thought, there are other, there are other institutions that have practiced this. What you all have done is created a visual of what we read about. And that, that is groundbreaking, world-breaking, and that is, you know, the, that, that is actually the new science that you're presenting because many of, of what we have heard and, and learned and practiced in affirmations, we have in these words, what you have done is created a visual journey. For those of us that are visual, you have given us a way, a pathway to see how this all plays out in life, and thank you for doing that. 
Let's take a short break, Will. When we come back, more about the movie. Uh, opening up the phone lines here. Please call in. You want to chat with Will? One triple eight three three five five two zero four. That's one triple eight three three five five two zero four. Questions, comments uh, for Will uh, William Arnst, producer, director, screenwriter of the movie What the Bleep Do We Know? www.whatthebleep.com. Find out more. This is Dr. Pat Basili. We'll be right back. Join number one New York Times bestselling author Dr. Wayne Dyer in a live presentation in Las Vegas on Saturday, May 22nd, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. as he lectures from his new book, The Power of Intention. This groundbreaking three-hour lecture will help you take control and change your life forever. For more details, visit www.icandoit.net. That's www.icandoit.net. Or call 1-800-654-5126. That's 1-800-654-5126. My name is Cricket Evans. I am America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com Imagine a country of people that is forgiveness literate, where we can choose to let go of anger, disappointment, hurt and frustration because we know how to. You can assist in making this vision a possibility by sponsoring the National Forgiveness Tour. For more information on sponsorships, go to www.crestbusting.com or www.theforgivenesstour.com. This is Beth Warren, host of Workworld's Radio Hour on voiceamerica.com. I am America's Voice. Hi, Crust Busting listeners. This is author and speaker Mary Foley. I want to share with you something I'm passionate about, being bodacious. Yes, bodacious. And you can be bodacious, too. Go right now to my website, gobodacious.com, and find out more about my books, e-books, teleseminars, speaking, and more. Or if you'd like, give me a call at 703-251-4899. That's 703 251 4899 and remember make it a bodacious day. My name is Bill Rogers and I am America's Voice. Voiceamerica.com. Stay on top of the latest developments which may affect your physical, emotional, and spiritual condition with Update on Health with Dr. Peter C. Tams every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Learn how some simple measures can reduce your chance of getting cancer by as much as 70%. Find out what you can do to combat obesity, diabetes type 2, high cholesterol, and more. It's all about vitality, fitness, endurance, and longevity. Listen to Update on Health every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on voiceamerica.com. This is voiceamerica.com, America's voice. Welcome back to Crossbusting Your Way to an Awesome Life with Dr. Pat. If you would like to participate in today's program, call in at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's join Dr. Pat for some serious crossbusting. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for joining the show today. We have a very special show today. Producer, director, screenwriter of the movie What the Bleep Do We Know?, William Arnst, and thank you, Will, for joining the show. We do have a caller. We have Mike from New Jersey. Why don't we invite Mike on to the show? Sure. Hi, Mike. Hello. Hi, Mike. How are you? Hi, Hi Pat. Great show. 
Thank you. Welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you. And, uh, say hello to uh, to Will. Oh, I've been listening. How are you doing, William? I'm doing very good. And yourself? Not bad. Not bad at all. I was listening to the show and I had a question because I heard from some friends. Where does the show take place? Where's the setting of the show? Uh, well, the, the movie, uh, rather. Yeah, the movie. We, uh, we've filmed all the live action, the narrative part with uh, Marley Matlin, and that was all filmed in Portland, Oregon. In Portland, Oregon? Uh-huh. Okay. Do you film any, it was all filmed there? Do you film anywhere else, or? Well, the, um, then we did the interviews, and we interviewed 14 uh, people, and we flew mm-hmm. basically all around the country, um, and basically met all of those people that we interviewed in their uh, hometowns. And so we were in San Francisco, Payson, Arizona, Tucson, Arizona, Philadelphia, New York, oh, wow. Connecticut, oh, wow. uh, Washington, D.C. So we flew all around for all those interviews. Oh, very cool. Um, I was I was watching, listening here on Yahoo, reading rather. I, my adjectives are all screwed up today. Um, I'm reading a review. It, it likens the 12 people you interviewed to a Greek, like um, Greek philosophers, a circle of Greek philosophers. Was that your intent? Well, yeah, it's not Greek philosophers, actually. We usually say Greek chorus. And it's sort of, there's a whole thing in uh, classical Greek plays where there's the Greek chorus. And so you see the people sort of um, running around having their life dramas and their very human experiences. And there's the Greek chorus, which are like the gods that are sitting back on Olympus kind of making comments on that. Um, and we didn't actually think that, uh, think that way when we were writing it. We just wrote it and wired the movie together like we did. But later someone came along and said, you know, this is like a, a classic Greek uh, uh, tragedy or comedy in that respect with the Greek chorus. So that's, that became part of our um, way of attempting to describe the film, which is so odd it's hard to describe. Right on. Where did you do a lot of your production and post-production? Do that out west or...? The uh, post-production, we started doing some of it in L.A., um, okay. but I pulled, it, I pulled it out of L.A. because it just I couldn't think very straight there, too many people. Um, really? We did, we did a lot of it up in Washington, and that's where the final editing and all of the uh, animation uh, work was done. Right, uh, so you, you found it working in Washington, because uh, I'm in the um, audio industry, post-production audio. You found it the working conditions to be more hospitable in Washington as opposed to Los Angeles? Well, the working conditions were basically I grabbed the Avid and I put it in the uh, uh, <clears throat> apartment that I have on my property. So, And, you know, with computers and everything, and we did our animation, we worked with vendors in uh, British Columbia, in uh, Toronto, and South Africa. And so it was, a lot of it was done via the Internet. Oh, yeah. ISDNs, with, you can... Yeah, but with that cool. and Pro Tools and all the electronic stuff you have now, you can really put your post-production wherever you feel most comfortable. Right uh-huh. So you're pretty good with the Pro Tools? And... I got decent with it. I got much better with the Avid, which mm. is the, for people who don't know, that's the nonlinear mm-hmm. uh, editing machine where you actually cut the show. Mm. Right on. Hey, Mike, did you see the film? Not yet, but I'm going to. I want my, see if I'm talking my girlfriend and taking me for my birthday, which is next Tuesday. Happy birthday to you. And Thank it you. Is, and you're in New Jersey, aren't you? Yeah. Okay, because I know it's going to be in Cherry Hill. Right on. I'm in Morristown, actually. Great. That's my old stomping ground. Well, really? You, yeah. Thank yeah, you, you so should... much for joining the show. And please, yes, uh, encourage uh, your girlfriend to take you for your birthday. That would be fabulous. It's a fabulous I'm film. Hoping. Spend some time I'm on the hoping. website. Uh, cool. And um, 
you know, uh, and we're interested to know what you think at some of the later shows. And don't forget, uh, like I mentioned earlier, in September it's going to be going nationally, and so everyone, invite your friends. <laughs> nice. Thank well, you so much. Good talking to you guys. Thank you hey, for this opportunity. You know what? Thank you so much for listening. Have yourself Thank a you. great day. You too. Thanks. Bye. I love that in from New Jersey. Uh, yeah. You know, this has been uh, such a fabulous, fabulous ride, hasn't it? Um, the questions, uh, you know, that, um, that, that come up around the film are, are very, very interesting. I get them in my work. One of the questions that comes up, and I'd like to ask you about it, is, you know, do I really have the power? Do I really have the power to create my day? And there's a segment in here that, and one of the, you know, one of the uh, probably most talked about pieces in the movie uh, by uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, mm-hmm. and it's called I Create My Day. Right. Can you say a little bit about uh, that experience with uh, Dr. Dispenza and, and what that means to you and to the making of the film? Well, what, what um, Joe says in the thing is he wakes up every morning and he creates, creates his day. And what he does is he, he, as he says, infects the quantum field with the, his intent. And every day he does this. And then he says, sort of, he sort of, he says, show me a sign today. Sort of, he has this little thing, conversation with the universe or the spirit or whatever you want to call it. He says, show me a sign today that you listen. Somehow show me that what I'm doing right now basically has affected my reality that day. And he just puts it out there, holds the thought, and then pretty much just lets it go. But during the day, a little part of him is always kind of watching for strange little stuff to pop in. And, you know, sure enough, uh, it does. Like, um, the, uh, I had an experience when we first opened the film in a little town up in Washington um, that day. A bunch of friends who I knew, you know, came to see it and everything. And a bunch of people up there uh, do the same practice. And afterwards, I ran to this, this guy, Nietzsche, who, who uh, does some work for me. And uh, I know he likes cigars, and I happen to have an extra one in, in my car. And I said, Nietzsche, I said, hi, good to see you. I didn't see you last time you were at my house. Hey, I got something for you, and I gave it to him. He just started to laugh. I'm like, why? He goes, well, in my, when I created my day-to-day, I just said, I want an unknown gift to come out of nowhere. And boom, I, here I am giving him a cigar. So, you know, and what Joe says in the thing is that every time you do that and you, the universe gives you that feedback, you go, holy Moses, this works. I'll yeah. have to try that again. And you sort of, you start, it's a, it's a feedback loop. And once the universe keeps smiling back at you, now I have another story for that. I, I live um, part-time in Boulder County. And about three years ago, I started driving by this one theater. It's the big theater in Boulder. They had a big screen. It's a big major United Artists Theater. And they have the biggest screen in Boulder County, and it's like the, the theater. And I kept driving by. I said, you know, our film's going to play here. And I kept seeing, like, the marquee out there. Yeah, we're going to be there. We're going to be there. And not only that, we're going to be in the big screen. And sure enough, I found out just yesterday that, well, I knew we were opening there uh, tomorrow, but I just found out yesterday we got the big screen. Mm. Now, when I was dreaming this three years ago, um, you know, every, everyone said, what do you mean? You're, I mean, it's best you play at the little funky art house. You're not going to get that theater, and you're certainly not going to get the big screen. That's impossible. 
<laughs> but, you know, so instead of create your day, this was sort of, you know, create your year. Um, but it's the same principle. And, you know, when you see stuff like that happen to people that it was impossible, and then it happens, you go, yeah. Mm. You know, what I love about this is uh, that it doesn't take very long. And I want to say that. When we're talking about taking a moment and saying, I create my day, we're, we're really talking about a moment. We're not necessarily talking about sitting down for, you know, hours to do this. Um, and so I wanted to mention that to people who say, you know, that sounds great, and it's the old, I don't have enough time. That's probably the first thought we need to change, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just the excuse. And it's not, and it's not this big, sometimes people uh, bring it into some sort of uh, spiritual-type ritual, like, oh, you've got to light the incense, and you have to have eaten nothing but yogurt for the past two days, and you have to, <laughs> there's all these things that you have to do around it. It really, uh, like you said, happens pretty quick. You just, mm-hmm. you just need the clear intention. The clear intention, absolutely. And that's the pureness of what you have held for this movie from the very beginning, isn't it? Despite everything anyone ever said to you about it. Yeah, basically, because they all said, you know, you aren't going to, you know, you, yeah, it's just it's crazy, you can't do it. And even if you do it, there's no, there's no market for it, and you're nuts and um, I was the guy who financed the whole project. And I wanted, to talk, I wanted to mention that. You know, this, was, uh, this was so much your belief in it um, that the, the financing of it, it came from your very soul, didn't it, and your, the strength of your conviction. Yeah, and also came from the software companies I had created and sold off <laughs> to get the money. But Don't you love fun. the way the universe works? I yeah. mean, having set all that up like that, and then here it is, the money from those, you know, the buying and so on. And you have created several software companies, successful software yep. companies, retired, uh, and uh, sold them and then invested in this dream. Yeah, and it was kind of funny because as we started, again, it was supposed to be a small little thing, and the budget just kept rising and rising and rising and rising. And at a certain point, you know, I just sort of had to say, well, you know, I guess it's just going to be whatever it is. I hope at the end of it I still have a... A house and a couple of cars. I'm having that same experience with crust busting. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. By the way, do you have a song, Crust Busters? Uh, you know, we. I have someone did a rap song. Oh. Out of one of my workshops, absolutely. They created a rap song cool. about it. And, you know, I have a couple of musicians putting music to it. Well, you Isn't know, that interesting? Ha- yeah, well, you know, rap has a bad rap, no pun intended, or maybe all puns intended. But there's some really, um, you know, there's the gangster rap, but there's some, some of it is really interesting poetry that you yes, know, people is. are, are uh, moving into. Well, you, you remember what they said about Dylan, right? You know? I mean, now, now Bob have? Dylan's a poet. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, when, when the music was coming out, it was like, you know, he's the devil. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much my dad's uh, impersonation. Of, or impression. Oh, your dad and my dad must have been getting together on this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, my dad was a nice was a very nice person, very gentle person, the, and, but when he heard Bob Dylan cracked up his motorcycle and broke his neck, he smiled. Yes, exactly. Oh, brother. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, more with William Arns, producer, director, screenwriter, and president of Captured Light. 
the movie What the Bleep Do We Know, please go to www.whatthebleep.com. Find out all about this film. Find out where it's playing in your area. And find out how you can become part of the buzz, how you can help bring this movie to your community. Uh, through this website. Uh, there's a special street teams uh, page for you. Find out about it. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Mary Foley, author of Bodacious Woman, Outrageously in Charge of Your Life and Loving It. So many women have decided to join me in living the bodacious way. You can too with my incredibly fun and free offer. I'd like to give you my four fabulous new mini posters. You can download your very own posters today by going to www.gobodacious.com forward slash mini posters. That's www.gobodacious.com forward slash mini posters. Enjoy and have a bodacious day. Hi, my name is Beth Warren and I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. In surveys, voters cite education as a topic of great interest. However, most schools are still operating as industrial age schools, using outdated instruction and textbooks. The digital age offers new possibilities for a new vision of education, where technology can be a driving force to connect students and teachers with new knowledge, experts, and their communities. Voice America is proud to announce a new show dedicated to informing America about these new possibilities. Edutopia from the George Lucas Foundation will explore how technology can change the way students are preparing for the digital age. That's Edutopia, hosted by Dr. Milton Chen, every Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time on voiceamerica.com. This is Eileen Dillon, host of Full Power Living on voiceamerica.com. I am America's Voice. Imagine a country of people that is forgiveness literate, where we can choose to let go of anger, disappointment, hurt, and frustration because we know how to. You can assist in making this vision a possibility by sponsoring the National Forgiveness Tour. For more information on sponsorships, go to www.crestbusting.com or www.theforgivenesstour.com. Hi, I'm Dan Suskin. I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. How can I find out if he loves me without scaring him away? How do I tell her that I want to be more than just friends? Why is he so jealous? How do I know if this is really love? Love isn't always an easy road to navigate. If you've found yourself confused or disappointed about the path you're on, tune into Paths of Love every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Hi, this is Sandra Dawson. On my show, I will take questions from you, the listener, about your relationship concerns with compassion and warmth, never with humiliating put-downs. So why don't you tune in and let me show you how to improve your relationship and remove any obstacles to love on Paths of Love every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on voiceamerica.com. This is voiceamerica.com, America's voice. Welcome back to Crossbusting Your Way to an Awesome Life with Dr. Pat. If you would like to participate in today's program, call in at 
1-800-273-5204. Now let's join Dr. Pat for some serious crust-busting. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for listening today. This is a very special show. Uh, guest today is producer, director, screenwriter of the movie What the Bleep, William Arntz. Let me just share this with you. In 1995, William Arntz sold his company and took a year off. He then devised the second successful software company, which he then sold nine months later after creating it. After retiring for the third time, he became interested in, uh, in uniting his four great interests, leading-edge science, spiritual inquiry, filmmaking, and computers. And then after realizing all of the success of his companies, he had, he had bypassed unbelievable goals. What he did was he rose up to live the dream by embarking on the creation of this movie, What the Belief Do We Know? Welcome to the show, Will. i got to tell you a little crust story. I think you can help me. Um, this is a little crusty conditioning around this movie. And here it goes like this. I'm asking all of my friends that I think would be interested in going to this movie, okay? All of my like-minded friends, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I have one friend, a very close friend, who I kind of, you know, hesitated to ask. And finally I said to him, Jim, would you like, look, I'm going to this movie again. Would you like to come see it? And he said to me, you know what, you've been to this movie several times, you know, and I know that if you've seen it a couple times, maybe this is something I'm interested in going to see. All of a sudden we go to the movie, and this probably is the last person on the face of the earth that I thought would be interested in this movie, Will. He loved it. He has now become the number. He wants to know if he can have a flag made, a what the beep flag that wow. he can put on his car. And so what is that about? And, you know, how can we, you know, not get our own stuff in the way to let people know about this film? Well, I think what's happened, I don't think I know what's happened just for me personally, for people who have been on you know, the path, spiritual inquiry or whatnot for years, society comes down on you very heavy for that. And you know, a lot of people think you're nuts. They think you're crazy. If you're in a group, they bring out the C word. They say you're in a cult. Yes. And then that suddenly they, everyone's thinking Jim Jones. And so I think a lot of us have kind of been conditioned over the years to kind of keep our mouths shut and only talk what we, you know, our ideals and our philosophy and the way we live our life to people that, that are going to agree with us, basically. And what we found... Your story we've heard dozens and hundreds of times where people will invite someone that they didn't think would really like it, and the person just goes, oh, yeah, that's the best thing I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And it's just that we've been, you know, society does this, our current society. If you're not in with the the norm, basically you get put down on for being a freak or you're being a new age wacko or, you know, they they have all this kind of stuff. And I think for for us what we're learning, we used to tell people, just tell people who are going to like it. Now we say tell everyone because you never never know and it's that's one of the phenomena going on about this that's so uh wonderful to watch well yeah it's our own limiting thinking that would you know stop us from in you know talking about this anywhere we felt like talking about it you know we're censoring ourselves yeah another story it's kind of funny i just heard this yesterday um someone was walking through down in la gold's gym you know and that's gold's gym's like a lot of real big beef boys and there was a bunch of real big bodybuilders standing over by these huge weights this person walks by these guys and they're talking about the movie and how cool it was and the person just sort of said oh my god of all the people i didn't think these four huge bodybuilders but they were talking about so yeah i really like that that made a lot of sense to me and so you just you know you just can't tell 
you know, you just can't tell. Yeah, so that's what we want to do. Uh, let folks know, uh, how, can, how, can, how can we get the word out, Will? Tell us, tell us the many ways that we can do this. Well, really, I mean, <clears throat> we have our website, whatthebleep.com, and, you know, you get in the guest book. Sign on to our mailing list because we do emails out to let people know what's going on. There's a, there's a show dates page, so you can always pop in there, uh, find out where it's playing near you or when it's going to be, that kind of stuff. So, but really, um, what seems to happen is most theaters we get into, we seem to stay for like three months, which is unheard of in the film business. Mm-hmm. And that's because the word of mouth just keeps bringing it on. So once you go see it, basically, and oh, another thing people are doing is they just fire up their email list and email all their friends and everyone on their email list. They just say, go see it. And that's really, that's what confounded the industry when we picked up our distributor when we first started talking to them, they just they said flat out, we don't know what you're doing, but whatever it is, it sure works. Mm-hmm. And what it was was just basically two things. One, word of mouth. And secondly, like you said, people who like the movie tend to go multiple times. So far, the record we've heard about is 19. Yeah, wow, 19. That's a lot of times. That's a lot of times. And, you know, the, the actors are fabulous. Uh, Marley Matlin, I don't know how you had to come. How did you come across her for the role? Oh, interesting thing. You know, I was talking about control earlier. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, we realized that the, the film was actually making decisions, and we just had to get out of the way and let it happen. Mm-hmm. She was one of those decisions. We had sent the film, the script out to a couple actresses. Everyone turned it down because it's a weird film about quantum physics, blah, blah, blah. So we were sitting around wondering what to do, and our casting agent put it on a place where um, other uh, agents can look and see what scripts they're were casting for. Marley's people saw it, and they said, hmm, this looks like it would be a really interesting part for Marley. And so they called us up, and the three of us kind of looked at each other, and we said, Marley Matlin, really? Mm. We hadn't thought of the character that way at all. We went down to L.A., met with her, um, had a long meeting, and you know, later thought, well, I went back and did a minor rewrite of the script to, to make it for her, but it really wasn't that big a change. Mm-hmm. And then she just did it. So it was kind of one of those things where the universe... Uh, just kind of dumped her in our laps and ended up working great. Oh, it was it was fabulous to see her in the film and Barry Newman as well, and you know uh, Elaine Hendricks. I mean, there are many many people in this film that really have brought the spark to it. And the young gentleman that plays Reggie Robert Bailey, Bailey Jr. is wonderful. There's such a lightheartedness, spirit, and yet profound, thought-provoking message in the film that the blend of what you have done is superb. I want to thank you, William uh, Arntz, for joining the show today. And please, please, let's talk about having you back in September when uh, you launch this uh, film uh, nationally and in, in, in many, many movie theaters. Uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be great. In fact, we'll get, uh, we'll get Mark and Betsy, too, the whole, the whole threesome. Let's get us all on Voice America. It would be wonderful. Again, if, you, uh, if you're listening to this and you'd like to find out more, go to www.whatthebleep.com. Ooh, do- download the poster. Love the poster. It's beautiful. Um, and take a look at some of the studies. There's a study on the site about reducing crime in Washington, D.C. You will be amazed. Uh, information about the scientists. There's many, many places you can go to to look at books. Uh, there's a spiritual cinema here. Many, many things on here. Tell your friends about this. 
And, William, thank you so much for joining the show today, and we will love to have you back in September. We'll plan it, and we'll let everyone know. Okay. It's a Make Thanks yourself a great day. Bye. You've been listening to Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life with me, Dr. Papasilli. Next week, Mary Foley is here, bodacious woman herself. And remember, you're listening to voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. And I am part of this amazing lineup, the largest Internet talk radio network in the world. We'll see you next week at this time. Make yourself a great life. Thank you for joining us today for Crust Busting with Dr. Pat Basile. Crust Busting with Dr. Pat can be heard live every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time on voiceamerica.com. For a copy of today's program or to learn more about Crust Busting, visit www.crustbusting.com.